0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Farm to School podcast, where you will hear stories of how you thrive and farmers prosper when we grow, cook, and eat delicious, nutritious local food in schools. We're your hosts, Michelle Markestein. And Rick Sherman. We're Farm to School coordinators in the state of Oregon.
1: This episode is a departure from our typical format where we interview someone because we got so many requests from listeners to do a short primer on what is Farm to School and School Gardens.
0: Yeah, what... What is that, right, Michelle? Yeah,
1: good luck. Rick, what is it?
0: Nope. Uh, simply put, it's getting local food into the school cafeteria and teaching kids about where that food comes from. But it's really so much more and not a quick answer. So it's an in ever-involving concept that you and I are still trying to figure out after 15 years in the field working with each other. Get it? In the field? Nice. Farm to school? Nice, Rick. A little bit of a pun there for you. Yeah, okay, you so, are, what, you so what guy. is farm to school?
1: Well, you mentioned farm to school and school garden programs. Um, They're really any combination of activities related to kids engaged in learning about and eating local foods. So farm to school actually can be misleading because in this case, farm really refers to all varieties and forms of foods that are grown, caught, harvested, raised, or processed locally. So local foods to kids, meaning from the farm, all those things, includes everything from Fresh apples to zucchini to frozen dried or canned produce, local dairy, fluid milk, cheese, yogurt, whole grains, um, even locally processed foods that are
0: served more as the center of the plate menu items. So. <laughs> oh, sorry, that was our office assistant, Odie. Go ahead, continue <laughs> the show.
1: Um, well, I was just thinking things like tamales, uh, yakisoba noodles, pink shrimp, smoked beef.
0: Now you said uh, seafood items, pink shrimp. Uh, I have a really good memory. Example: We have our farm to school grant, and some uh, school districts take advantage of getting reimbursed in our state for locally grown or raised food. And so we always try to say, "Hey, use some of these items like seafood." And people say, "Oh, it's too expensive to be to put." on a school lunch when a school lunch you know might cost five bucks and center plate item like shrimp you know that might be uh, take up a good chunk of that Hmm. of, of that cost and so but the thing is we have money to reimburse for it so we had one school district ben lapine a few years ago they did a whole thing they spent all their money on seafood for one year Amazing. And it was a uh, they had they had a chef that developed recipes. They had a I think a fish taco truck at their high schools. They had uh locally caught sole, that's S O L E sole, sole, <laughs> sole fish and they had uh yeah, uh shrimp they used. And you would think the argument is like if you know where Bend is in Oregon, it's in the middle of the state. It's in the high desert. It um is I don't know how many miles it's from the ocean. A several hour drive from the coast. It is probably about three hour, four hour drive, three to four. I drive there. Two and mountain two and passes. A half. Let's put it yeah, down. Yeah, and and they're in the desert, high desert. So they they the kids there don't have a lot of opportunity for fresh seafood, but they just loved it because they were exposed to it. They really truly loved it. And they played it up. They called it boat to school. Yeah. Um.
1: So. That's a great example of how farm to school is really that farm is broad, but schools is a broad term that's used too.
0: Yes, Schools, it's, we say farm to school because it's a, it's a national term, you know, our national farm to school network and such, but we have shied away from it in the past because we at the department of education and our child nutrition programs is just that we offer meals in the schools, but we also offer meals and things and things that aren't anywhere near a school. They're uh, like childcare, um, pre-K. Uh, there's other other places that do that. So we we say farm to child nutrition a lot.
1: So like what else? Like after school programs, summer
0: programs. Yeah, after school programs like boys and girls clubs, camps, um, all kinds of things. Summer food service that are in parks. Things like that, yeah.
1: So, the unifying concept is they all participate in what's called a child nutrition program where they serve, they can't just serve anything they want. The USDA puts out federal requirements for really the meal content and the quality of the meals.
0: Um, yes, and that's why we have nutrition service or food service directors that figure out and navigate that, and they. That there's there's many things. It's easy to put fruits and veggies on the school lunch plate, but other foods can be a little bit harder to develop, to put on the tray. There's requirements such as fat content, saturated fat, sodium, protein, whole grains that need to be on the tray or plate.
1: Right. Um, and that is why one of many reasons nutrition uh, – School Nutrition Service folks are heroes. It takes so much to figure out how to do all that and layer in um, how to do that with locally produced and processed foods as well. But we also know it's not enough to put local foods on the lunch line, right? Um, Kids need to know where their food comes from, and then they're more willing to try it Mm -hmm. and eat it, right? And like, let's be real. If kids eat it, schools will buy it. So the whole local procurement and agriculture food-based education is really a systems approach.
0: Yeah. And that's, and that's where school gardens come in. I I get, you know, that's where we can teach the kids about how they grow their food in the school garden. And I get, I get a question all the time of, oh great, a school garden. Uh, what does a typical school garden look like? And it's, there's no such thing as a cookie cutter thing for a school garden. Uh, a typical, there is no typical school garden. It could be almost anything. It could be Peas in a clay pot on a windowsill, you know, a windowsill garden, mm. you know, because there's no room. It could be a hydroponic garden, uh, which means growing things in in water baths. Um, it could be outdoor learning spaces that accommodate whole classrooms where they grew, grow grow f- fruits and veggies. Could be, there could be native gardens or pollinator gardens. A native garden, like native plants. I mean, I'm talking about oh, right, there. Yeah. You know, like you know, like plants that were here forever so to develop those um there's even a full on uh, a few huge farms that are like 6 acres that are in half a dozen school districts where it's on school property and they grow and develop food
1: that's amazing yeah i've even seen like where they have places where you can harvest and um process produce or cook like a lot of school gardens uh, have
0: pizza ovens. Or an outdoor kitchen. Yes, yes. that's yes. so cool. Yeah, uh, there's, there's some examples of that in Oregon. If you were to ask me, um, you can find those. And a lot of people use our grant dollars to develop those spaces too, like for outdoor kitchens and things like that. So anything to teach the kids how to grow, process, make their own food, it helps. So that's it, everybody. This is just a little taste of the amazing ways farm-to-school and school gardens happen.
1: Yeah, and while they look different in every single community uh, across the country, farm-to-school and school gardens are really all grounded in shared values of community health and well-being and prosperous local food systems. So thanks, everyone, for tuning in.
0: Yeah, thank you, everybody. Farm-to-school podcast was written, directed, and produced by Rick Sherman and Michelle Markestein, and was made possible by a grant by the United States Department of Agriculture.
1: The content and ideas on the Farm School podcast do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Oregon State University, Oregon Department of Education, or the United States Department of Agriculture. The USDA, Oregon Department of Education,
0: and Oregon State University are equal employment opportunity employers. Do you want to learn more about Farm to School? Check out other episodes, show notes, and much more at rutopia.com. That's R-O-O-T-O- pia.com rutopia is a project of oregon state university or do
1: you have an idea for a future podcast please email us at info at rutopia.com.
0: bye right. everyone thanks everybody see you next time